has said, Lord, by this time he stinketh, basically. And then this is the key to activate our faith. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So Jesus is saying, believing is seeing, but we have to activate the faith first. Live your life with purpose. Change someone's life for the better and leave a lasting impact on those around you. Welcome to Finish Strong, the podcast designed to help you discover your unique purpose and develop a plan to leave a powerful legacy. We all battle fear, but God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. So in this episode, let's join Brian, Terry, and Dan as they discuss unlearning fear by activating your faith. Scientists believe we are born with only two innate fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. All other fears are believed to be learned. So can we unlearn fears? Can we overcome our fears by activating our faith? These are the questions we hope to answer in today's episode of Finish Strong. We're glad you've joined us. Before we get started, I just want to say that we're not psychologists or psychiatrists or psychotherapists. We're just three guys who've been around a while and lived some life. Yeah, but Dan, uh, I think we need to throw a disclaimer in. We're not saying we may not need psychiatrists or psychotherapists, <laughs> right? Oh, wait, is this a joke that wasn't in the script? Oh, every, I get it. Yes. Every family should have one. Yes, we do. I'm a little disappointed the producer didn't put the laugh track on on that one. <laughs> well, let me let me uh, just add that back in. So we're not saying we don't need one. Okay. Anyway, I'm Dan Wheeler. Terry Steen is Mr. Ha Ha Funny. My partner and Brian Rowland laughing along. They're my partners in Fearless Faith. We love to have fun, but we are talking about some serious topics today. It's interesting that uh, we talk about fear and activating our faith. You know, fear and love are the foundations for most of our human actions. Would you guys agree with that? I mean, I think of uh, fear. I, I was driven in a lot of ways by a fear of failure when it came to school and sports. Always wanted to you know, be at the top. I was afraid of being at the bottom. Yeah. And I was always at the bottom and afraid to be at the top. (laughs) 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 I was your average Joe. I was afraid to be top or bottom. So I just... uh, We've got it all covered there. (laughs) No, there really is a lot of fear growing up and we don't maybe recognize it as that, but there's a lot of anxiety and peer pressure and succeeding and not succeeding. And does a girl like me or not like me. It's just part of life, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It sure is. Yeah, you know, I I just had the thought of being a kid, you know, and they're picking sides for teams and everything. Oh, yeah. Never wanted to be the last one picked. You always wanted to be the first one picked. (laughs) That's right. And I always felt bad for kids. You You felt bad for me, didn't you, Dan? You felt bad for me. I did feel bad for Brian. (laughs) Thanks, bud. (laughs) You know, when when they used to put the uh, list of who made the teams in junior high and high school, you'd see the kids that didn't make it and they'd walk away so disappointed. I always, my heart broke for them, but I was always so relieved if I made the team. Dan, do you remember in college, like our sophomore year, when we had tryouts for the baseball team, And our coach lined everybody up along the wall in the gym. And instead of posting who made the team, he picked out the guys that (laughs) didn't and asked them to leave. Oh, my (laughs) That's like the worst. Oh, that's horrible. (laughs) The long walk of shame. Anyways, so, you know, fear can drive us to do things. 
And love can drive us to do things. I mean, how many times have you heard them say, or someone say, wow, he or she did it all for love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think when you look at, you know, loving your children, loving your wife, that's why you work so hard. Uh, you want to show that love to people. But, um, you know, fear and love, what do we do, though, when fear isn't a motivator? overtakes us and almost paralyzes us. Well, Dan, I think a, a love drives fear out. I mean, you know, the Bible tells us distinctly there over in 1 John four eighteen, it says there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. But the one who fears is not made perfect in love. You know, it just tells us right there that love will drive out fear. So we have nothing to really fear about if we're doing it in love. Yeah, I was going to say it's interesting uh, when we think and talk about fear, how many times in the Bible we're instructed to not fear. Even though, you know, we talked in our last podcast, it's, it's a very natural thing in our body is actually prepared for fear to respond to it, but yet at the same time, God tells us not to fear. There's hundreds and hundreds of verses that talk about not fearing, aren't there? I'm looking at some right now in Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3. It says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Boy, if you're not fearing that, then you're not afraid of anything. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it says we will not fear. Constantly. Uh, the Bible tells us that over and over again. And uh, in Isaiah 12, 2, the Bible tells us, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall we draw water out of the wells of salvation. Fear not. That's the Bible tells us. Yeah, those are great. Those are great, guys. And and I come back to one that, that I love, and you guys know it. It's in 2 Timothy. It's the first chapter in the seventh verse. And Timothy's saying, hey, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but he gave us power, love, and a sound mind. Mm. You know, in some of the some of the translations that sound mind means self-discipline. So, you know, basically it's saying what can keep us from having the spirit of fear? The Holy Spirit. If we have the Holy Spirit in our life, that dispels the spirit of fear because it's the Holy Spirit that we gain our power from. The power of our life comes from the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. I was doing some research for this podcast and I saw where, a lot of scientists were going back and forth on how to unlearn fear and that whenever a fearful response would take place in one of their patients, they would try to replace it with a more positive response. And there was a whole list of things that you could try and do. But, you know, I believe that faith really is unlearning fears. Yeah. You replace fear with your faith. And when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus was kind of telling the disciples to unlearn some things. Jesus changed everything. You know, they were so used to following the Old Testament and all the commands. and uh, There were so many commandments, more than just the Ten Commandments, things they were supposed to do properly and, you know, keeping the Sabbath holy and obeying the Sabbath. And, and then the Lord tells them, you know, hey, 
blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They're thinking poor in spirit. They thought that the, the church leaders uh, who were almost treated like royalty in the Old Testament, that they would have the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those that mourn. Blessed? Blessed. The word blessed means happy. And, yeah. you know, the disciples are, must have been sitting there going, happy are those who mourn. What, what is he talking about? And then he says, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. So, you know, Jesus was kind of telling the disciples to unlearn some behaviors, right, guys? Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. You said at the top of the podcast that there's only two innate fears that we're born with. So think about that in comparison to what scientifically they talk that there are over 2,000 fears that people have that literally have a name. So we've gone from being born with two to now having 2,000 fears. I mean, there there's fear of being afraid. There's even a fear name for when peanut butter stuck to the roof of your mouth. Some people are fearful. I mean, there's all kinds of fears out there. We, we have so much to unlearn. Yeah. Remember in the Christmas story where the kid sticks his tongue on the metal and it's freezing out? I always had a fear of that. Yeah, he needs to unlearn that fast. And I, I may or may not have talked a boy in fourth grade to do that on the windowsill one winter. You may or may not. I'm not I'm not admitting to anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think a big part of unlearning fears involves maturing as a Christian, and it comes with time of, of living a lot of life. You know, I've been reminded in difficult times to look back on my life and to think about other times when I was fearful of something I was so certain was going to happen. But when I look back, I realize God never left me. He was always with me, and it always worked out. Do you guys ever do that? Try to remember past events where where it all worked out, and you worried over nothing. Oh, most definitely. No, it, it happens more than we would think. <laughs> you look back to see how things transpired. Even in in our move out to California, when Deb and I came out here, we had both lost our jobs. We had there's nothing. It was just gone. It's like we got to pick up. We got to do something. It all happened when everything the, the economy was crashing, and of course, we both lost our jobs on there. But God opened up the doors to the. Uh, point that we bought our house sight unseen, basically. <laughs> and we lived in Atlanta coming to California. And we, we did have a realtor out here that knew what my wife liked and what I was looking for. And he found the home and we put the money down on it before we even saw it. We came out for the inspection. But the point is, God was opening up doors and closing doors that we were so fearful that we didn't know what was going to happen. But we prayed about it. When we put our house up for sale in Atlanta, we went down to Florida for a week and so they can do the open houses. And it sold the first open houses they had. So the fears that we bring upon us are unnecessary. So I just like to say that, that it's, it worked in our life that we could see how, although we were fearful, uh, God overcame that for us and that we just moved forward and, and trusted in him even more after that. Yeah, Brian, I had a, a somewhat of a similar experience just a few weeks ago. As, as you guys know, we've been in the process of having a home built and we finally have moved in. But we uh, we're planning on closing a specific day. Our refrigerator that we ordered was supposed to be ready like two weeks before we moved in, so there were no problems. So when I go to check on the refrigerator, I'm told it won't be ready for two to three weeks after 
we close on the house. So, of course, my wife is kind of freaking. I'm worried. Oh, no. Now we got three weeks to be in the house. No refrigerator. What are we going to do? I get calling friends to see if they have an extra refrigerator. I call a rental place. Does anybody rent refrigerators? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? The next day, I get a call back from the appliance company. Hey, by the way, your refrigerator came in this morning. Like, <laughs> it's really- like here, I, I was going crazy and all upset. And, you know, God was just testing me and I bombed that one big time. And I don't think that was the first time you went crazy. <laughs> no, it's compounding. With a lobotomy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had a similar situation when I came out to QVC. I was not happy where I was working uh, back in Chicago at the time. And I went in to tell my boss, who you know, Brian, <laughs> we won't say any name. Mm-hmm. When I told him that I was going to take a job with QVC as a host, he said, Oh, I'm relieved because I was about to tell you in two weeks I couldn't pay you anymore. So God just worked all of that out. <laughs> wow. But, you know, we, we always think mm-hmm. we have to have great faith and be a man of faith. But Brian, you know, that's not scriptural. We don't really need a ton of faith, do we? Not at all. You know, and that's just it. The Bible tells us to have faith of a mustard seed. And you know, see the size of a mustard seed. I mean, it is so tiny. I mean, you would miss it most of the time if it was laying on a counter or something, you wouldn't see it. But the Bible tells us over in Matthew 17, 20 and 21, because you have so little faith, truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. But it's coming up with that faith. And you think, I can't have that much faith, just much of a mustard seed? I mean, if you can't have that, man, you got to work on it. <laughs> you have, we have some prayer needs here, because you have to have just a little bit amount of faith to see what God can do. But once he starts working and doing things, and you start seeing what's happening and how it's evolving, it just builds your faith, and it grows and grows and grows when you throw it back on him. Let him do the heavy lifting. He's got the big shoulders. When you let him do that, and you see what he does for you, and, and the outcomes that take place that you're not even aware of is happening around you, boom, your faith just continues to grow start with that small mustard seed and then let it just grow yeah that's good brian i'm reminded of that story it's in mark the ninth chapter and it's about a a father whose son was sick he was he had uh, was kind of possessed i think and he couldn't speak and the and he had seizures and he was wanting his son to be healed and he asked all the disciples to heal him and none of them could do it and then he was able to get to jesus and he asked jesus to do it and and listen to how he says it i'm reading the like the 22nd into the 23rd verse and he goes but if you can do anything take pity on us and help us does that sound like a guy with a lot of faith? He's going to Jesus and saying, <laughs> if you can do anything, please help. And, and that's how he's approaching Jesus. That's not a lot of faith. <laughs> and then Jesus responds. He goes, if you can, he's like, what, who do you think I am? And he says, everything is possible 
to him who believes. So he established that anything can happen if you have some belief. And this is the great verse here, the 24th verse. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And I think that's all of our cries. We do believe. We have that little bit of faith, Mm -hmm. but help me overcome the unbelief. We don't have as much as we think we do. So this is where the father was positioned, but what's the result? Jesus heals his son. So he just needed enough faith Mm -hmm. to believe, and God did the rest. And that's what it's all about. We just start from where we're at, and we grow our faith through the experiences that we have in life, and God covers the difference. So we're talking about activating our faith. Yeah. And I was just reminded of a sermon I heard this past Sunday, and I went over to John 11, and then I'm going to talk about another story, but it's the story of Lazarus. And, you know, people came to Jesus and told him that his friend Lazarus was on the brink of death. And after they told him that, it says Jesus waited two more days And then it was a two-day journey to the home of Mary and Martha. And so, by the time he got there, they were like, Lord, what are you doing? If you'd have only been here, he could have lived. And Jesus said, well, he's not dead. He's sleeping. And, of course, everybody's like, what is he talking about? And then he goes to the grave and says he wept. You know, he, he cared about Lazarus so much. In fact, if you're having trouble memorizing verses... That's a good one to learn. John eleven thirty five. It's only two. <laughs> you can start there. But it shows how he cared so much. But then they were like, he said, roll the stone away. And <laughs> Martha said, you know, Lord, by this time he stinketh, basically. He's been dead. And then this is the key to activate our faith. Verse 40, then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So Jesus is saying, believing is seeing, but mankind says seeing is believing. But we have to activate the faith first. Mm-hmm. And that's such a powerful story. And then over Luke 5, 4 through 9, this is, this is a great story. The disciples have been out fishing all night. They haven't caught anything, not a bite, not a nibble. And in the morning, Jesus is walking along the beach and he, along the shoreline, and he sees them. And he says, uh, hey, guys, Simon. I want you to put your nets out into the deep water. Go out there and let it down. And they're like, <laughs> he says, Lord, you know, we've been slaving all night here, working all night, and we've caught nothing. But, you know, okay, if you say it. And, and there's a great scene of this in The Chosen. I don't know if any of you have watched The Chosen, but it's mm. fantastic. And um, when Jesus... Our, our tells, producer has a Chosen shirt on even today. I know. That's Way great. to go, John, with The Chosen the fish. <laughs> I love it. And uh, Jesus, when he tells Peter to let down the nets, Jesus has this kind of smirk, kind of basically says, just, just humor me, just try it. He knows what's coming. Yeah. So many fish in the net, the nets break. They can't even contain them all. <laughs> That's just powerful. Yeah, and to me, the key word, I think in the Bible, it, it has Peter saying, nevertheless, yes. because you said I'll do it. And that word, nevertheless, is where the power is. Yeah. It's not what we see. It's not what he thinks. But nevertheless, you said it. I'm going to do it. If we could get some more nevertheless in our vocabulary, we could continue to grow our faith. Mm, that's so true. 
And, you know, sometimes having faith is tied to how we see God, right, Terry? Oh, it's so true. You know, it's how, how big is your God? That's a question that we all have to ask ourselves. You know, I was, uh, as a kid, I used to tell the story about how, how do you put an elephant in a milk bottle? And I said, well, it's real easy. All you do is get a pair of tweezers, a pair of binoculars, a milk bottle, and the elephant. So then what you do is you take the binoculars, you turn them around backward, and you look at the elephant, and the elephant's really teeny. So then you pick it up with the tweezers and put it in the milk bottle. How tough could it be? Sounds logical to me. It's a great joke, and I'm hoping I told it in third grade and not high school, but there's no guarantees. <laughs> Show you how, the how, point is, how foolish I am. I thought you were telling the truth. I thought that was a scientific way to... No, Dan, I'll talk to you later okay. about that. But the point is, how do we look at our God? Which end of the binocular are we looking through? Are we looking through the binocular where the giant is huge like David? Or are we looking through the other end of the binocular where you've got the 10 spies that had no faith in God and thought they looked like grasshoppers. You guys remember those stories? Oh, yeah. I do. It's over in Numbers 13.33 is that story about it. I mean, they, they, the spies thought that, well, they, they, they saw the descendants of Anak, which was, were giants, and, and they seemed like grasshoppers, it says, in their own, own eyes, and we look like the same to them. And the thing is, is that it didn't matter what size it was. I mean, David and Goliath proved that, but God was in charge of it, and, and they had to realize that. Instead, they, they were fearful because they thought that we were in the land of the giants and they're going to crush us. And, of course, we speaking of giants, we all know the story of David and Goliath. You know, Goliath is out there just taunting the armies of Israel, and David goes to uh, bring some, some uh, nourishment, food for his brothers, and he hears Goliath out there shouting and challenging them, I defy you, any man, I'll tear you apart. David said... Who is this in, in 1 Samuel 17? He says, uh, you know, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who does he think he is? Yeah. David said, I'll fight him. He's nothing. He's defying our God. Our God's bigger than this giant. Of course, he takes five stones. He only needed one. Went running toward the giant. Yeah. One stone, Goliath fell. David's life forever changed. He became king. Boy, I'll tell you what, God, God is bigger than any giant we face. That's right. We got to see and serve God for who he is. He's an incredible, he's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He knows everything. And he's the ruler of the entire universe. That is a big God. Mm -hmm. But I think about that sometimes when I'm praying, I'm thinking, I am praying to the God of the universe, the creator of the universe. Yeah. And so, you know, we've talked a lot about fear, how to activate our faith to overcome fear. It's all about faith. And really, Brian, God gives us great advice throughout the Bible, but particularly in Philippians, mm -hmm. about how we should handle every situation. Yep. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, the Bible tells us, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If that doesn't bring you peace and just give you uh, security, I don't know what does. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're near the end of another podcast. I always kind of like to review what we've talked about. 
Terry, why don't you take the first couple, Brian, the next two, and I'll take the last two. We've got six of them here. What did we learn today? Yeah, we talked about that not fearing is a command of God. So it's something that's so important. It's something that we need to keep in the forefront of our mind and that there's no fear in love. Love drives out fear. So as we draw ourselves closer to him and have his love in our life, that is a step in driving out fear. Yeah, you know, and and we got to start with faith. We said, it's faith of a mustard seed. You start with that faith and let it grow. Because when you see God working, and he's, as he continues to work, your faith just grows bigger and bigger because you know he's in charge. And this, we got to be obedient to his leading. And by that, it's like when we're praying, we're saying, God, open doors, close doors. Let him do his work. If the door's closed, don't try to crash through it. You guys going to open Open up another door for you. So be obedient to that. And then see God for who he is. Yeah. Maybe your God's not big enough when you realize he's the creator of the universe. He can solve there's no problem too big for God. Right. No problem. He can change everything in an instant. And finally, <laughs> pray first. Don't panic first. Pray first. Mm-hmm. And as Brian, as you said uh, and read to us in Philippians, let the peace of God rule in our lives. Right. Well, John Matarazzo is our producer. He's a young, talented guy. We're just fortunate to have him. Hey, John. And, uh, John, first of all, I love your shirt. We were in Nashville last spring before COVID hit in February at NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters, and we were hearing everybody talk about The Chosen, and and uh, we heard presentations on it that was crowdfunded. It's been a big success, and I take it you like it as well. Absolutely. I've uh, I've actually known about it for a, quite a while. A friend of mine got me connected with Dallas Jenkins early on, and so I've been following it from the very beginning, invested in it as much as I could at the very beginning when it was just that initial crowdfunding thing. And so it's been exciting to see how this has really this real step of faith for the director uh, and you know overcoming a lot of fears of dealing with rejection his story really kind of would fit with what we were talking about today and now it's the largest crowdfunded uh, media project of all time they're completely funded for their season wow. 2 mm. and i'm excited to see what god does with that because he's making they're making uh, the Gospels come alive mm. in a way that hasn't yeah. been before. Beautiful. So it's really cool. Well, would you mind reminding people about how they can find our podcast and what they should do after they listen to our podcast? Absolutely, Dan. Absolutely. And so whenever you are listening to this podcast, wherever you're listening to this podcast, please go and make sure that you give a five-star rating and review this podcast wherever it is uh, that you're listening. And as you do that, that helps more people discover Fearless Faith's Finish Strong podcast. It is a mouthful to say, but you can also go to uh, ffaith.org for more information about everything that these wonderful guys are doing to advance the kingdom of God. You can find more about the podcast there and some great merch that they have, as well as their uh, their morning cups of inspiration. So make sure you check all that stuff out and stay tuned for the next episode. It's interesting. We've been talking about fear these last couple of podcasts because the name of our ministry is Fearless Faith. Remember, you can unlearn and overcome any fear when you let your faith be fearless. We serve a big God. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Finish Strong. For more information about Finish Strong and Fearless Faith, check out their website, ffaith.org. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast to help more people accomplish their God-given purpose so that together we can finish strong.